The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mike Coggle. Mike, what's going on in your world today, my friend? Rain, Chris. How are you this morning? We got the same thing here, Mike. You know, it's funny because, again, I haven't lived here for a extremely long time, so I I don't really know how the weather goes, but I saw uh, yesterday, so evidently it's me. This was the um, loudiest coolest winter in northwest florida in 84 years so evidently i brought something with me blame me blame you hey mike before we get into our topic today which is going to be reviewing 2023 lemmer results we we got a big announcement from mike cogdell and how he's going to be shaping young minds over the next uh several months so could you tell the world uh, what you're going to be doing there in your part of the world? Chris, you're killing me. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I've spent, um, what, since 1987 when you and I met. Um, I've always considered myself a coach, Chris, trying to teach people how to uh, sell individual income protection um, and motivate, you know, young and old people to go out and sell product. I was recently asked now to coach a basketball team called um, in Northwest Florida, it's called Dream, which is travel ball. So I am fortunate enough now to start coaching. I had my first practice last night. Fortunately, these kids all play in high school, Chris, so they already know the plays. So it's going to be something that I'm pretty good at, I think, fundamentals. And, yeah, I will be taking uh, 15 and 16-year-old boys for the next two and a half months, six fairly large tournaments, practice, I don't know, I think a couple, three times a week. Hopefully it would be three, but I think it's two because gym space – in the panhandle can be limited with the number of teams and the number of things going on. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now, I'm now that guy, Chris, I'm, I, I said I would never coach um, kids, but as long as it's, I'm not coaching my own daughter, I'm okay with that. So coaching uh, these young men and hopefully, uh, I don't know, you know how old I am, Chris. So maybe I can teach a guy how to do a hook shot because I haven't seen one and college basketball yet this year for the most part. And I watch college basketball almost every night. So yeah, I'm going to be, uh, Busy with uh, some young guys, hopefully um, playing some basketball. And, you know, most important, Chris, as you know, you had kids that were phenomenal soccer players, soccer players, excuse me, go out and have some fun, too. So that's the goal. Yeah. So when we uh, do our weather report on a subsequent podcast, we'll also have to have the update on the basketball team. Chris, I will gladly do that, but keep this in mind. Um, Walton County has 80,000 people in a couple of high schools. Um, we play places like in Jacksonville, Florida, where they get all-star teams from the city of Jacksonville to play on these dreams, or Columbus, Georgia, or Tallahassee, Florida, or Orlando, uh, which, you know, some of those, Chris, obviously, as you could imagine, you've seen it with all the soccer that you did when your children were younger. Um, you know, they can field three or four really good teams. So I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know what the record is. I don't know if it will be phenomenal, but you know, play hard, do your best, leave it all on the floor. That's all I, that's all I can ask. And hopefully that's what we'll get from these young kids. And to your point and have fun along the way. Absolutely. All right, Mike. So let's turn to 
the Limmer numbers for 2023. And I think you and I fall into that category of numbers geeks when it comes to uh, this type of information. So I'm going to kind of throw some things out there, have you comment, and we'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, you know, one of the things that is probably does not surprise people is that Unum wrote more premium than anybody else out there. However, number two was Northwestern Mutual, who broke the 100 million annualized premium number, which I thought was just incredible. So they wrote $103 million, Mike, and that is with a company that the last time I looked, they had you know close to 7,000 agents. Uh, half their business is GR. We could argue that provision for, for provision, it's not the best quote-unquote policy, but yet they wrote, and one more statistic, Mike, they wrote 67,000 policies, individual DI policies, which is the same amount, basically, as the next five competitors combined. Berkshire, Principal, Mass, Standard, and Emeritus. You got all those carriers up on policies, and that equals what Northwestern Mutual did as a company of around 7,000 uh, agents. So that's a lot of stuff I threw at you, Mike. What are your thoughts? Chris, um, step back for just one second, if you would. Um, I'm not really a math geek, except for when it comes to Libra numbers and my checkbook. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, but I do find Limer numbers every quarter extremely interesting. And you just did throw a lot um, for you and I to discuss. But if you just do really simple math for, for those that are listening today, and we're not going to be accurate, we're going to throw some ballparks. Chris, that that number comes out to, you know, 6,700 agents to 7,000 agents and that and that premium amount. Um, and if you look at their annualized premium per policy, Chris, what is that? I know you've got it right there. Yeah, Mike, they're around 1,500. Okay, and let's just randomly grab one. And what's principles? Let's see. Principles is um, 4,000. Exactly. Uh, so when people talk about the business market, Chris, that comes out to, for an NML agent, um, and shout out to Northwestern Mutual for whatever you're doing. So you're doing something absolutely right. And we'll talk about that in a minute, Chris. But that comes out to, you know, 10, 11 amps per agent per year. Um, what did we always say growing up that if you could do what? Do an app a month. You're you're pretty much a good DI producer. So somehow, some way, Northwestern Mutuals managed to, um, at least on the average across the board, turn every single one of their uh, every every single one of their producers into an app a month person. So my hats off to, to to Northwestern for whatever they're doing. They are absolutely doing it correctly. That begs the question, Chris. I don't think they write um, all physicians at fourteen hundred dollars or. $1,500 a policy to you? Uh, no. So when people say, you know, the, we got a white collar industry and how do we capture, how do we capture the business market and all, all these people? I think somebody may has cracked, may have cracked the, cracked the code. What do you think? You know, there, there, there's no question, you know, and again, 67,000 policies, right? And Mike, what we don't know in here is a large part of that other 67,000 policies of the other five carriers were probably written by Northwestern Mutual agents outside of their particular company. So it's not like they stopped doing that. So, I mean, 
again, we've talked about this before, and I think it's something that every person who's listening to this call should feel somewhat optimistic about, that if we actually do the training and education, is we can get producers to write business. But if we don't do the training and education, then you know we're going to continue to be flat like we have the last five or six years. Chris, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, what 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 is different? And we've done this before, so we're being redundant. But what is different about any portfolio? Meaning, the disability products are not that dissimilar. We would agree, one hundred percent. So, what are they doing so much better than you or I or anybody else? And I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's got to be training and education. It's not compensation, right? We know that. We know that. Um, it's not compensation. So it's got to be training and education. So for 24, um, and you and I say this year in and year out, the goal is to go find some people and not take a producer from um, swap, not take a producer from principal to emeritus and emeritus principal to standard and so on and, and swap a good producer um, but go create some new ones because obviously there's room in the market. This proves that there is room in the market that to write individual disability insurance, not on a guarantee issue basis, can be alive and well. And it is at least in one cell that's just, I, I again, I don't know how to say this, Chris. It's just phenomenal. Absolutely. Hey, I want to give another shout out, Mike, to Emeritus. They had a 30% increase in annualized premium. So, you know, kudos to them for uh, doing what they have been doing, you know, to grow their their book of business. Oh, I would agree. You know, and, and I don't know all the emeritus people, but the ones I know is one of the things I saw even at IDIS, which is obviously our industry meeting annually and stuff, is the level of enthusiasm. And, and you know, that just breeds more enthusiasm, more energy. And when you have enthusiasm and energy, it creates confidence and confidence in our world, it's kind of like scoring baskets. It it creates app sales. As I always tell people, Chris, you know, this is one takeaway today from the Limera study is, you know what, you can't control premium. You really can't. And that's what, you know, most home offices look at premium. But what an individual young producer, old producer, anybody in is they can create, they can control app count, Chris, can absolutely worry about how many apps you write and not the premium. Because as you and I well know, the premium will follow. No question about it. You know, so a couple other things, Mike, that kind of caught my attention. And again, the numbers are the numbers. And, and when you and I have these discussions, we're talking about the numbers. We're not bashing a carrier or no. anything else. But I take a look at a couple of carriers that have traditionally have done really, really, really well in the brokerage space, being principal and standard. Both of them from an app count are down pretty significantly. And then to your point, as a result, the premium is down. Great for you know Northwestern being up, uh, Berkshire slash Guardian being up, Emeritus being up. Boy, we got to make sure that uh, the principal and the standard get back on the on track because you know they have been such a big part of the success of the individual DI world over the last ten to fifteen years. Chris, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, individually written, underwritten disability insurance. And tell me your opinion on this, because I'm working with a young guy now, just 25 years old. And I think I told you this story because you and I did this together. Um, wrote his first policy, which ended up being a, uh, a, you know, and I won't use names. It ended up being a uh, Lloyd's of London. And the reason it was a Lloyd's of London, it was a 31-year-old gamer. A 31-year-old gamer. $10,000 premium, one-year wait, $5 million lump sum, 
Um, and the guy makes, this is an industry I knew nothing about that people actually watch people play video games, Chris, on YouTube and all of these places makes $3.1 million a year. So there's, there's our cottage industries and other industries that I know absolutely nothing about. That being said, it makes almost anybody a candidate for income protection because if a 31-year-old gamer making $3.1 million a year saw that it made sense for him to get something just in the event that, I don't know, couldn't be a gamer anymore, um, it should be good enough for just all the rest of us, don't you think? There's a lot of people out there who don't have their income protected in all different types of uh, professions, if you will. And, and, of course, when you talk about gamers, that's kind of foreign to old dudes like you and me. Oh, it really is foreign um to you and me but i just found it very interesting you know a guy does his first app ever forever in the disability insurance space and it's that it's it was like you know and chris of course me i'm like um i'm not sure we can write somebody like that when i knew where to go i wasn't going to call a domestic carrier for this but it's like i don't know anything about this we need to find out um so you know what there's still disability i guess chris just for about everybody out there that has an occupation to pull that string a little bit further mike in terms of occupations you know, we've seen, obviously, DI over the years being written in white collar. And we take a look at the uh, kind of the primary, uh, which what people might call middle market, white and gray collar, blue collar carriers. And, you know, their business is, is continues to be flat, right? So you take a look at the ones we think about, the assurities, the mutual of Omaha's, the Illinois Mutual. I mean, you know, not a whole lot of growth. And not that that's an easy business to be in because the premiums aren't nearly what they are on the others. But uh, it just goes to show you that where people's attention is focused tends to be the professions. And, and, and Mike, in this particular study does not go as deep as Milliman did at uh, IDIS. But when you you know think about, you take out the GSI business that was written, you take out the doc dentist business being written. I mean, that is a huge percentage of the overall, you know, individual disability premium being written. And, maybe, and again, the outlier probably is Northwestern Mutual because they wrote so many policies. But there's such a great opportunity in, in other white-collar markets, the salespeople, the technicians, and, you know, even those, you know, very uh, successful blue-gray-collar people. So, again, we we've gotten so pigeonholed and focused on GSI and doc dental business that we have, as an industry, you know, have kind of forgotten millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of people that need the coverage. Chris, I couldn't agree more. And along that line, would you switch quickly to the slide or the spreadsheet page that shows guaranteed issue for the year? The multi-life totals? Yeah. And what is the annualized premium? For um, 23. Is that the 274 million? What percentage of that is the overall book of business? Your math's better than mine. Um, uh, overall written, excuse me, for the year. And how much total disability was 50, 54%, Mike. Exactly. Um, pretty interesting, don't you think? Well, I, I think it, it lines up what what was said by uh, by Milliman in at IDIS about how much of the of the business is moving toward you know, kind of the multi-life GSI business. Yep. Chris, I'd like to take it one step farther. How much did Northwestern Mutual write of uh, GSI? Do you have that there? I, I, yeah, I, it's a, it's about 11, 11 million of their 103. So almost everything is an individually written, we'll call it mom and pop policy for Northwestern Mutual. Absolutely. 
So let's take it one step farther. We won't do this all day. Uh, what if everybody that we had, that you and I work with, and everybody else across the country that runs a BGA, runs direct business, how they do anything? What if everybody could emulate the numbers that NML did? What what would these numbers look like? And and you know what? You don't have to do the math. The answer is around what 10, 11 percent of their business, um, and then the rest is. It, disability insurance by mom and pop and just your everyday run of the mill, me, Mike Cogdell that needs it. Somebody needs to talk to me about it. The numbers would suddenly be in the hundreds and hundreds of millions a year. Oh, it would be like the good old days, Mike. And, and I'm not poo-pooing the future of guarantee issue in any way, shape or form, Chris. And I, and I want to make sure that, you know, our listening audience understands that today. What I'm saying is, is it seems or appears to me that we've got a missed opportunity but we don't because the missed opportunity was yesterday. We've got the same people, the same future, the same nanosecond that just passed us by that allows us to go and think about when you're talking to any client, you know, the basic financial planning triangle, Chris, starts at the bottom. And if that's what agents have been taught how to do to write those kinds of numbers, we all can do it. We all can do it. Every single person out there that's in the world of asset accumulation or anything, if you think about it, you can do individual disability insurance in more than one way, which leads me to, Chris, if you just choose not to do it because you still want to say that the underwriting is too hard, which I think you and I would say was a lot harder in the 90s than it is now, um, and you just don't want to do that, just like you don't want to do LTC or something, Chris, let's talk a second about not just this study, but you know what? Use a broker broker. And for those of you that haven't listened to us before, I'm going to let Chris take about a minute or two and talk about the broker broker and how that works and why it makes total sense. You know, Mike, it, it's such a great point because what a, an advisor can do is find somebody that they feel comfortable with and they can trust and have them be their DI expert. And the DI expert doesn't have to be internal. It can be external. Now, here's what we know. Almost every financial advisor in in some way, shape, or form, refers some type of business to an outside expert. And, you know, as an industry, what we need to double down on is making people, these advisors, aware that there are people like this who specialize in disability insurance that could be the expert. Now, look, we don't snap our fingers and create trust. We take a look at our good friend, Corey Anderson, who's been doing this for 20 plus years, and it took him a while to develop trust and confidence, or people have trust and confidence in him. But now that they do, I mean, he's just going gangbusters. And there's a lot, there's other people that you and I know that are doing this. So, you know, that's part of what I think BGAs need to be taking a look at is how they can promote that concept, you know, find those producers that are loyal to them and introduce them to other people that they are touching that, you know, have that that comment about it's too hard or I don't have time or it's not my specialty. I don't want to be embarrassed. Well, let's let the BGAs link them up. It's a win-win-win, right? The BGA wins because the business flows to the BGA. The broker-broker wins because he or she is doing what they love to do. And the advisor wins because they're making sure that their particular client has been talked to about the importance of income protection. I, I actually think that... Um... There's room here with what you just said. There, all the tools are available. All the tools are available, I say it again, for somebody to make sure that their client 
has a risk protection package put in place that includes individual disability insurance. There absolutely is. And what I would like to see, because you and I talk about Limer numbers, Chris, once a year, basically, um, and, and the growth is still flat, you would agree, I think, right? Absolutely. I would like to go out on a limb for those that listen to us and say, you know what, if we, if we can all pick it up by the bootstraps, go find some producers to have this conversation with their clients. You know, if you think if a client has, or, or if a broker, excuse me, has, you know, 10, two appointments a day, 10 a week, I, I'm just going to throw out a number and talk to eight people that were eligible, not the retirees, eight people that were eligible and actually did it with conviction and could write for, we could start to see limber numbers because these numbers are just not staggeringly huge. We could see growth in this industry at, at, at 20% clip for a while. Don't you agree? I do. And I think that's the direction that we should really, as as one disability department, that's everybody in the United States that does individual disability insurance. And we had Max on a couple of weeks ago who did a phenomenal job and said, you know, what is our industry? Our our, our industry is what, Chris, a thousand, give yeah, or take, a that thousand actually people. does individual yeah. disability? If we could all just boot it up by, by 20 and move these numbers because we're the ones that help create these numbers – we could move it by 20%. We could have growth finally in this industry year over year um, at, at a much better clip, at least no less than an, an, an ROE that a corporate publicly traded company likes, you know, 15% increase or, or a 15% ROE, excuse me. And we got to get off the twos, the ones, the threes and see if, I mean, I think the goal as an industry should be a 20% clip for a while. Yeah, I, I would agree. Hey, Mike, let me throw a couple of numbers out, out at you before we get out of here today. And I want to talk about uh, other coverages other than individual DI and just kind of get your comments. So uh, key person disability insurance. This, and the next three numbers that I'm going to give you are always just, they, they blow my mind how small they are. Last year, there's really only two carriers, domestic carriers riding key person. There was a total of 255 key person uh, policies written. Now, I know you were intimately involved with principal with key person. Does that continue to surprise you how few policies are written? Chris, it totally surprises me because when we built this product, it was asked, right? We didn't create, um, it, it was a, it was a field input ask and, and, you know, it, and the, and the, Comment over and over was, and this was, we've had it out, principal, I say we, I'm no longer there, but I still do it. I have great relationships with principal and, you know, I still think that they're heading in the right direction in a big way. But that being said, I was specifically told in the meeting with GA's producers and everybody sitting in Des Moines, Iowa years ago, that if you get this put together the right way, this stuff will fly off the shelf, as they say. You just said 254? Yep, 255, yep. 255, excuse me, Chris, that means there's only 255 key employees in small businesses in the entire United States of America. Got to tell you, either they're the most important people on the planet or we're really missing the mark right there. Um, every single person that has a company of X or Y number of people, let's say it's even 10, there is a key person in that organization. And I think you would agree there is a key person in that organization. Yep. So that was one number that really caught my attention. And, and then that I'm just gonna... blows me away, Chris. It really does. Sorry for interrupting, but it does. Nope. It just, I, I just can't believe it. It should be it, it should be no less right now, all these years later, than, you know, 5,000 a year. Really, it should be. 
that would have been my expectation if you took me back into the past, like, you know, back to the future. That would, if I if said in 24, 23, how many policies are you going to write? I'd say, oh, I don't know, probably between five and 10,000, just guessing. And we're at 255. So, Mike, disability buy sell, 789 policies. All carriers for the entire year. And I don't even want to guess how many small businesses are in America, Chris. Um, I don't, I could look the number up again. The, the numbers are all over depending on what you see. But, you know, it, again, the, the question that I would ask back to you is, is that is a very tiny number, but why? First of all, people aren't thinking about it. Second, we, we know as DI experts that disability buy, sell issue and participation limits can be challenging, you know, compared to when they are writing keeper or disability buy, sell for life insurance. But having said that, I mean, when you have, you know, millions and millions and millions of companies out there and they're only writing, you know, 789 policies. And he here's kind of the, where I'm going with these two lines of coverage is at some point in time, Mike, and, and you have been in, in the home office and in these discussions, do they just say, you know what? We're done. We're no longer going to continue to invest resources in a product line where we're only selling. 40, 50, 100 policies, it does not make sense. Let's concentrate on the individual disability insurance. Well, you would hate to see it go away, Chris. Um, and I, I do think um, that you're correct, but you take 800 policies. It wasn't 800 one person buys sells. So let's just cut it in half because you have, you know, you and I are partners. So we each got one, right? Mm -hmm. So you talk about companies, you're down to 400 at best. Yep. 400 at best. And, and and I agree that funding amounts can be a little bit challenging, but by the same token, if you can get to three, four, five million domestically, or you can get numbers, Chris, that makes sense. I mean, it's a one-year wait. The product is relatively simple. I don't think they need to be creative with where buy-sell is. I've always said you just need to increase the numbers so it doesn't so it becomes part of the P&L for a, and I've always used the example of construction company, you know, three partners in the entire company's value is $15 million. That number to them is 5 million each. That becomes important to them. And so that can become part of their profit and loss. And it's just an expense on their paper. Chris, if you've got somebody that's making good money and you and I are partners and we're making 250 each, we might not see the value in the insurance at 250 grand. Would you agree? Absolutely. So I think if you want to have a market, you've also got to, you know, capture a market that you should that, that's realistically going to write the check and and perceive this as extremely important to them. Whereas, you know what, for 250 grand for the X amount of premium a year, we, we can figure it out on our own. And I've been in the field long enough that I've seen that happen way more often than not. And this is not a complicated product. It's not. And, you know, I've said this on podcasts, I've said this for years in seminars, let's think about how income protection, whether it's buy, buy, sell specifically right now, we're talking about, Chris, when was the last time somebody died and then got sick? That hadn't happened yet, has it? Chris, exactly. So why would you not prioritize in the order in which things happen? And then Mike, last one, and this one, this always, always, always staggers me, uh, staggering to me rather. BOE, all carriers, all the entire year, 3,000 policies were sold 
one third of which were sold by Northwestern Mutual agents. Again, that sixty seven hundred agents. I think we 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 decided right around seven thousand. We'll call NML seven thousand. They probably have some new agents haven't been counted. Um, that's amazing. And and here's the thing that's interesting about business overhead expense is I talked to a carrier earlier in the year about when you look at the expense sheet and have somebody fill it out and you know what that looks like, right, Chris? I mean, yep. it's like, what are your expenses? So we can try to come up with a number for you. One of the sheets that I saw is, is I, and almost all of them are pre COVID. It's like mortgage, rent, utilities. Well, 80% of the world went home during COVID and never went back to work. So if maybe you think about taking the brick and mortar piece as the first item on there and talk about employee expenses and salaries and stuff so that when somebody looks at it, they go, this doesn't really, this is not what, this doesn't affect me because psychologically, if I'm filling out a sheet and the first three items, I, I have zeros, I may not finish it, Chris. I may not finish the page. So something as simple as a marketing piece or a marketing piece of paper that says, you know, what, where are people's expenses today relative to what they were in 2019 might just help to change a little bit. And I would guess, Chris, that over half of those BOEs were dentists. One market. That would they, be my guess. Half. They are big buyers. No question about it. Because nobody else has expenses. In business, right? I mean, I guess nobody else has expenses except for dentists. Just, it, I guess what it what it shows, Mike, is that I mean, overall, there's so much opportunity. Now, look, you and I were very fortunate when we started that we had there was a lot of education and training. The distribution, insurance distribution, was different. But having said that, there are huge opportunities for producers out there. There's huge opportunities for BGAs out there. But look, nothing's going to happen if all we do is talk about it. You know, we've got to have the action. And so I think that's going to be the challenge, Mike, over the next, you know, 12 to 48 months. Because if we don't change, some of these carriers are going to say it does not make sense for us to be in the business. And as to your point earlier is, I think GSI is a great product and a great tool. But I sure would hate that that's the only thing that we are offering people out there. And Mike, let's go back to when you and I started. There was a very, very healthy individual medical insurance uh, marketplace when you and I got started, right? People could buy individual health insurance. And there were, you know, some of the carriers that you and I, you know, the old Northwest agencies, if you remember that back in the day. Of course. Know, Rogers Benefits were offering individual medical insurance. The industry has kind of gone away, right? I mean, it's now we have kind of a lot of uh, in a lot of states, it's just Obamacare, right? And this is not a political statement. It's just the fact that because, you know, we defaulted to group, individual went away. And I sure would hate to see that happen in the in the individual DI space that we continue to default to group and this very valuable protection where, you know, you see organizations like, you know, Northwestern Mutual who writing 67,000 policies, we got to continue to that this upward trend. So that's my sermon for today, my friend. Chris, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and you know, as we, as we wrap up here, you're talking about these business products, you know, name one, and we'll call the modern world of technology, right? That that's happened in our lifetime. 
is equivalent, if not surpasses, the Industrial Revolution. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. And where did Jeff Bezos start? In his garage. Where did Billy Gates start? In his garage. Where did Zuckerberg start? In a dorm room in at Harvard his freshman year. If you think about where these people have started that became, you know, Fortune 1s, Fortune 2s, Fortune 3s, as far as the top of the heap, it all starts somewhere. Could you imagine if you would have... Uh, Work with one of those entrepreneurs, 25, well, Bill, you know, Jeff Bezos, let's use his, him as an example. It's phenomenal. Um, but work with him and stuck with him and he had bought this, these types of products as they grew. What would it have meant to you as the person that did that? So small business should never, ever, because small businesses should become big businesses. So my point is they should never, ever be excluded. Everybody has a need for this product, especially at the beginning of their business. So, Mike, I think, you know, we kind of beat the numbers to death. But I, I, what to me, as I, you know, kind of uh, review our conversation today, to me, there's great opportunities. But people have got to go to work to get it done. It ain't just going to walk in the door for them. No, but the pro, but but the prospects, and you and I know this. There's more prospects. It's almost infinite. I mean, it's not, but it is. Is for everybody that's out there in this business, it's infinite, because almost every single person that works is a prospect. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I appreciate the discussion today. Uh, we'll catch up with the weather and your coaching successes the next time. So, thanks for your time today, buddy. All right, Chris. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. You as well, my friend.